0: You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. What's up, punters and dribblers? Welcome back to another All Talk with Hello Sport. We have got one of the great Australian fast bowlers. Um, He was a bloody staple of the household a few years ago, back when I was a boy. Um, And now he's just an esteemed commentator, Fox Cricket commentator. Uh, and we're all looking forward to a big summer of cricket on Fox Cricket. Say Fox Cricket again, Tom. Uh, the one and only Brett Bingley joins us on the show today. So sit back, relax, maybe loosen the strides a little and enjoy this one. Oscar Piastri's favourite cricketer, eh? Yeah.
1: How about how, that? How funny.
0: Did that catch you off guard? Did you like – because we were even talking about it before. We were like, how old is that kid? Like he He's, He's like 20 or early something. Early
1: 20, I think 21, grew up in Melbourne. Okay. And I went and hung out with him over in Japan recently,
0: oh, which Oh, cool. okay. So you've you've had a relationship already? Yeah. Any?
1: So I went down and um, he took me through all of his the cars and the pits and everything and down a pit lane in Japan. Oh, wow. At the F1. And he embarrassingly said, he goes, I used to have a figurine of you on my desk at home growing up. <laughs> uh, I said, yeah, now I actually feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> feel yeah, feel really old now. Because well, we were out. trying
2: to work out if he was wearing your uh, that jersey is like a vintage sort of old school... <laughs> yeah. Well, he jersey. got in
1: contact with me and said after, the, obviously, the World Cup win, he wanted to like a vintage um, ODI shirt, like a World Cup shirt. Yeah. And I literally had to scramble for one because I had it. This was on a Tuesday, I believe it was. And I had to get one cent to Brisbane to a friend that was going over to get on a flight to Dubai, package up my shirt. Firstly, find a World Cup shirt, which I... Uh, his hen's teeth.
0: But are they, is that like something you've got laying around somewhere? Have you got no. to, go to find it or like no? So I don't have on. anything at
1: home, up on my wall or anything. It's all oh, no, it's all in boxes, away. Eventually, I'll get something. Get a room, a pool room. Yeah, pool room exactly. How much for those jousting sticks? As they say. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, so got it to the contact who was flying over to Dubai on Wednesday night, and he wore it Thursday, so it reached him in time. Luckily, crazy.
0: Okay, so you knew it was well at least you knew he was getting it. Mm. Cause that pumped. I was, everyone was like, it was, it was just obviously cool as well. Like, I yeah. imagine. Had your relationship? Like, how would you intro him? Like, were you over in Japan too? Like, for any purposes to catch up with him already? Oh, or I actually it?
1: went over through one of my sponsors, uh, the Yolo Group under Sportsbet.io, the cryptocurrency group. All mm. right. Mm. And so we were hosting a couple of VIPs out of Japan. Mm. So my working week, and I know you're going to start smiling here. Was the, I've never been to the F1. Go to the F1. Get fully catered for in one of the the suites, which is unbelievable. They do it the best in the world. Yeah, now, I've really? been on plenty of cricket tours, but the F1 circuit is just off the hook. Yeah. And <laughs> we had to literally um, hang out with these VIP Japanese people. So there's an interpreter. So you tell a joke, and then three minutes later they laugh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so don't really get the – Yeah, you it's know, not the same no. reaction that you want. <laughs> but
1: it was great. And then we just – we watched the F1, and – he uh, yeah he came third on that particular race but yeah he's, he's a legend mate he's a gun mm. Downerworth he's telling me also too that he hasn't got a driver's license in Australia really? he goes off his UK driver's license so he went straight onto the Australian road but
0: isn't that wild doesn't even have a do you ever um do you ever like catch yourself even now with everything like that your career has been and all the things the opportunities you've had where you're still like you know what is this life like where mm. you get to go and do these sort of really amazing things
1: it, it's weird because you know, I'm very close my parents, my two brothers, Shane and Grant, and we're just a normal family. You mm. know, I grew up in a very loving, I had a great childhood, very, very loving childhood mm. down the South Coast, a little place called Mount Warrigal, which not many people, people have heard of Wollongong, so I always say Wollongong. But just a normal upbringing, and my parents always taught me to respect people. So when I was out playing for Australia, it, you're almost like an actor. I actually felt like I was acting. Mm. You know, I'm out there obviously trying my heart out and trying my best and trying to to win matches for our country, and it's just you walk off the field, then it's back to normal life. So, you know, you do – it does get overwhelming sometimes, especially over in India, but here in Australia it's pretty – you know, you get – you go into a pub and people will recognise you and you get used to that. Yeah. That's, you know, I've had it since I was probably about 19, especially to my older brother first – Playing for Australia, yeah. Mm. So he, he sort of path the way for me, and I just wanted to emulate what he did.
0: Did the did the behaviour of Australian fans become like uh, almost get thrown into context the first time you realised what Indian fans were? You know, oh, what yeah. I mean, like so Australian fame, you're like, oh wow, maybe this is overwhelming in moments, or like you know, and then you go to India and you're like, oh, actually, it's nothing.
1: It's it's crazy in India. Like that's why so I say very tame. Um, you know, you know, you'll, you'll find on a few occasions where people don't really understand how to go up to you and say good day. You know, in in Australia, they might wave or they might get a selfie. You know, yeah. the, the autograph's almost dead now. You know, people don't yeah. ask for autographs. It's always <laughs> yeah, not many. Going a selfie, around. and they ask for a selfie, but get someone else to take it. So yep. isn't that? It's not actually not, a selfie. No, anymore, it's not really is a it selfie. No, it's
0: just a photo.
1: And you know, you get sledged sometimes, or they'll they'll have a bit of a crack and just muck around. And I always. Go back and have a bit of a crack, and you know it's all tongue in cheek. Mm. Over in India, though, it's it's fanatical. You know, you get to your hotel for you, and there's five thousand people waiting when you're on tour. Um, you know, five thousand
0: is just a. Uh, I know they're a big country, but like just to have five thousand people waiting for you is insane. Well, imagine
1: the studio here; there'd be you know, if this was India, there'd be people outside waiting, and that's yeah. But you never feel threatened. It's always it's out of love and passion, and they just. They just love sport. Mm. Do you need security guards over there, or is it sort I'm of? I'm trying to say this in the nicest way without saying like a like a wanker. Um, yeah, you do, you yeah. do. And I, I've used a guy, a South African English fella. It's more so just to have a, an exit strategy and a plan. Yep. Because it's it's overwhelming. You know, we've I've done appearances over there where windows have been smashed and people just pushing, just trying to have a Jeez. bit of a look. So just weight of, just, 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 just yeah, people. but not, not so feeling like, you know, your, your life's in danger or anything. It's yeah. just, you know, and shopping during the Indian Premier League, which was cool. You know, we had like 20, uh, policemen with us when I was playing in Kolkata Night Riders and you go to the shops in Kolkata and, you know, the mall's massive, you know, it's mm. huge. And then they get wind of an Indian player or one of us are over there and. You know, they're just they just it, you know, it's it's like I love fishing. Yeah. It's like um, you know, the kingfish with a bait ball. Yeah, like a bust up. They just a massive bust up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> then you feel like the little little minnows or the you know, the little yeah. bait getting chomped around. How how would someone like Sashant Dulka get around? He wouldn't be able to leave the house. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he I remember was it must have been two thousand and six, I think it was, we we're over there touring and obviously playing test cricket against him and he invited me out to his restaurant for dinner. So he shut down the whole restaurant and just him and I and his wife had had wow. dinner that night, which was amazing. Mm. So there was probably 30 chefs in there and they're all waiting hand and foot on the great man because he's, he's like, you know, they always say, Sachin Tanduk and then God. <laughs> and that's the that's <laughs> level. Uh, but we had, had dinner that night and we're playing a test in, say, two days' time, I think it was. Got to about midnight, and he goes, uh, are you keen for go-karting? I'm like, yeah, thinking tomorrow. Yeah. He goes, okay, so he calls his guy at the go-kart track, and he goes, yep, let's go now. I'm like, what, now? It's open. He says, yeah, we'll get it open. He so can just... He, he can, can just, just make a call. There would be...
0: There's an element to that, like, extreme level of, like, fame, money, success where, like,
1: you can just... But he's such a humble guy. Yes, and I'm sure. people that meet him just understand how how lovely he is, mm. you know, a legend on the field, but a legend off the field, I always, the way I look at it.
2: He probably has to, he's probably had to get used to doing things at like two in the morning, you know what I mean? Well, he <laughs> does. Well, that, that <laughs> night we went go-karting and I,
1: I baited him and almost wrecked his career, which wouldn't have been good. But then <laughs> oh. he goes, uh, I'll, I'll pick you up for a drive in my car at five o'clock. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll have a bit of sleep in and get some food and have a stretch in the pool. He goes... No, like in, in two, three hours, two or three hours. I'm like, 5 a.m. Sure I can't drive it during the day. So it's just be out here 5 a.m. sharp outside your your foyer. I'm like, okay. Five o'clock, red Ferrari pulls up, and within 30 seconds there's 100 people around it. Really? Because I hear him coming, and they know he lives in that area. I won't say where he is, but I know exactly where. I've been to his place. It's
0: is, this, is it a palace?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just... Beautiful, yeah, beautiful mm. spot. Yeah, and we went for a drive for half an hour and came back and fanged it around. And that was it because no one on the streets. Are, well, there still are people on the streets, but not as many. Not but, as
0: many. That is interesting. You, like I didn't even thought about that either. If you're that famous, especially in somewhere like India, you do just
1: yeah. And you know, you think that when they play cricket over there, there there are 1.5 billion fans in India, but all across the world, there are two at least two billion people watching. If you're watching the World Cup, there'll be two billion fans that all love. Sachin Tandorka. Crazy. So, you know, you think about what's Australia, 25 million. We've got it pretty easy here.
0: We do. And based on those numbers alone, should not have been successful at the World Cup recently, but we were because we're just that sort of nation, right? Just get the job done.
2: Well, we punch above our weight, Brett. Mm. We do. Which is like... In every aspect. In every aspect. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. How... How much – like, try and give an insight if you can into how devastated they would have been when we – India?
1: Yeah, got the Chockeys. Shattered. Yeah. You know, and you hear former Indian players saying that the best side didn't win. And we'll chat about this during the week, mm. you know. Um, but the best side did win. So wh- whoever <laughs> raises the World Cup is the, the best, best, best team side. on that particular day. Mm. You know, you can win 10 games in a row. It means nothing – if you lose the, lose the final – I think India were caught off guard with the brilliant captaincy of Pat Cummins. His leadership skills, are I, I've been super impressed. It's great a fast bowler. Mm. He's a captain of our national side. Yeah, you did, know, they, they always that uh, make make it, that that? Sweet, oh, I love it. You know, <laughs> there's all this saying about fast bowlers aren't intelligent. But that's yeah. just all rubbish. Yeah. You know?
0: We were saying, we were having a chat with Merv before, and uh, just around that fast bowler captaincy thing, and he was speaking about how... Sometimes with bowlers, you kind of need to be, at least in his sort of, how he was, but like a little bit more emotional yeah. in the way that you're going at a bowler and trying to be aggressive. Then also, like, I think the, um, it, which which would potentially cloud your ability to know other when to put yourself on or take yourself off or like yeah. feeling like, oh, fuck, just one more over and I'll be able to. Spot on. So yeah, do you well, think that, that that's obviously the general concern, right, with Pat, but it seems like it hasn't.
1: Well, well, that is it's, it's spot on because the, the conundrum that you've got is that you have to be an aggressive fast bowler because you have to attack. There's times where you play a bit of a holding role or a holding pattern. But then as captain, you have to take the emotion out of it. So you're playing, you know, you're wearing two different hats. Mm. And it's hard enough as a fast bowler to try and look after what you're doing and what you're thinking about. Okay, the first over, I'm trying to achieve this, try to set the batsman up. I might try and get him to walk across, try and nick him off. But then you're thinking, right, second, third, fourth over. You've always got something like these different plans, or at least I did anyway, mm. in the back of my head, mm. of how I can set the batsman, how I can make those early inroads to getting the wickets. But then you got, he has to worry about what Mitchell Stark's bowling from, which end, how is he feeling, how's his rhythm, what Josh, Josh Hazelwood's doing, you know, Zampa, where's he bowling, uh, what's happening with our batting lineup? how's in you looking, there's 130,000 people. It's, it's overwhelming. Mm. And when it's hot in India, it's really hard to focus and concentrate. And they've yep. proven that when you're dehydrated, you can't, you can't think. You can't, mm. you can't switch on. Mm. So it's hard enough being a bowler in a team, certainly in a test match, but then to captain 10 other guys and try and worry about their emotions and their feelings and the strategies and the different plans, it's it's tough. So look, hats off to him. He's he's a, he's a gun. He's a legend of a bloke. Yeah. yeah. Well, the boys all seem to love him. That's what
2: mm. we, what we hear consistently. They all like just want to go to battle for him. But if you think about how long the year's been, like they're in India at the start of the year in like February, and then to still maintain the rage this late in the year, get the World Cup's unbelievable. At the same time, England's sitting there going, well, you know, like we wouldn't – we would have gone better in the World Cup if we weren't well, rushes
0: this year. It's like,
2: but we were in it too <laughs> and we were away.
0: Like They were rubbish, unfortunately. They were – which again was lovely to see. Back on like Pat being a captain, back in the day when say Ricky was captain or even earlier with, you know, Steve Waugh and Tubby and everyone like – I guess one of the things that Pat has is like other – like people say like, oh, he's got good – Players around him that he can lean on, like Smith or a Warner mm. or something. People who've either captain before or maybe they're just tactically more aware. Back in the day, was was the captain more likely to be like, "I'm just the man here," or was it? Would they always have lent on other players around him for tactical advice or feedback?
1: Oh, look, I think if you. If you ever look at back, uh, in, in my opinion, the best captains, and I played under uh, Mark Taylor in Sheffield, at first-class level. Un- mm. Unfortunately, I was too young before he retired from this Aussie side. You know, you listen to a lot of players, and they reckon tactically and a man-management side of things, he was the best, Mark, and I can vouch for that, you know, mm. playing. And, you know, imagine him trying to control and look after Shane Warne, mm. you know, and, yes. and what Tubby did was pretty much said to Warner, you do what you have to to get ready, mm. whatever that is, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're ready to bowl. Yeah. Whereas other captains would say, oh, you know, you're not doing that or your diet's not right, you're not doing this, you haven't done that. He was like, no, I'm going to let him be his own man and yeah. embrace that and that's why they that were so tight. Uh, for me, it was Ricky Ponting, you know, and what Ricky Ponting did, he he had that mindset, he had that belief in um, his players. mm and it's, 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 it was hard. It, it Different eras have changed, but right back to Alan Border was when he changed the captaincy role, and it was his team. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Cricket Australia's team. It was Alan Border's team in conjunction with Cricket Australia or the ACB back then.
0: When you'd see, like, players, you know, there was, there's usually always someone who's anointed as, like, the next in line to the captaincy. Mm. Do you see elements within the team when it's like – they're maybe trying to – like players trying to uh, almost fulfil that role or like, you know, I guess the balance of trying to be like a – I might be the next person in line, but they've still got, say, a Ricky Ponting ahead of me. You can't undermine
1: someone. You can't undermine – That that has has happened.
0: I'm sure it has has happened. (laughs) Does that sort of unsettle the team generally? Yeah, look,
1: it does. But I think going back to your previous question, you know, with Pat Cummins, he has got the experienced campaigners around. But you've also got to give credit to – Steve Smith and David Warner, who rightly in their, in their own way are great leaders. You know, mm. they are great leaders of, of the cricket team. They have got good cricket brains and they just enhance what Pat Cummins is doing because there's times where, and I'm sure it happens, where mentally Pat needs 10, 15 minutes off. And I'm sure it happens where we'll say to Smudgy, Smudge, can you just can you give us 20 minutes rest? Mm. Just so I don't have to think. Interesting. Yeah, right. Um, but what you don't want are players trying to get up to that leadership role for whatever reason, you know, because if you look at what does a captain get, what does a captain have, one, it's the prestigious notoriety of being a captain. You know, it's probably the most important job in the country. You know, we say the PM, PM that's in what the Australian they say. captaincy yeah, yeah. Is, is right up there. And that'd be spot on, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've got, obviously, when you look at the commercials, you get a higher rate, you get a better dollar value. You Your get a captaincy allowance. You get the sweet. Yeah. Well, everyone gets a everyone gets a, their own room now, which is oh, which is sweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Different spelling. Huh. Uh, but you get a captaincy allowance as well, which you're meant to look after the boys at the bar after a win, whatever. Doesn't always happen.
0: But so what? But that allowance would just be like outside of what you're saying there, where it's like let's shout the boys. What what is a captaincy allowance getting you? It's a very
1: saying? good question because I've played under captains that haven't. Probably uh, use the captaincy allowance the right I'm way. Um, yeah, which ones? <laughs> which ones? <laughs> so uh, it's been a. You b- blinked. B- twice you know, how's it this weather really going? You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, every every captain's different. Everyone's got their own. I'm not going to give you a name. Um, <laughs> no, but like the other thing too is that the the pressure. And I think the captaincy allowance can also be looked from a commercial point of view. Is that the stress that brings? To the team about, you know, yeah. they're always the one in the front of the press. Always have to be doing the interviews, the podcasts, the radios, the, you know, their day finishes and they've got two or three hours of, mm. of media to do. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy with that extra yeah, commercial. You can
0: take it. Yeah, even Pat after the World Cup, he was, I don't know if we were about this last week, but like the next morning while well, you're seeing all these photos of head and everyone ripping mm. and tearing, he was like bleary-eyed walking into a room with the trophy, like going to do all this media. And I was like, wow, that'd be... Yeah, yeah and that's probably guy. the
1: only time as well where I think the press will then realise that if someone turns up and they're not as sharp as they... You know, Pat Cummins is a very... He's a sharp character. Mm. He's very slick. He's very genuine. Mm. And that's the way... He, he's a country lad. You know, back at Penrith, he's been brought up in the in the right manner. Um, but he's also let it be human. Yes. You know, and you, and you have to celebrate your wins. I mean, that might be their last World Cup win ever. So you've got to embrace it. You've got to enjoy mm. it. And I'm not saying go out there and write yourself off. But if you want to have a couple of quiet beers, well then good luck to it. In you know? the right spirit. In the right yeah, spirit, that's of right. Course.
2: Part of course. Punders today's episode brought to you by Good Day Bang, Rosé on there, code Manly, 50 bucks off a case, pretty fucking generous if you ask me, but we love the punter and we love the dribbler, and we're just like, let's get this vintage out there to the people that yeah. want it
0: most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up.
2: What's the greatest win in terms of a celebration afterwards that you were part of?
1: We, oh, We've had a few good ones. <laughs> I remember... One of our first – well, one of my first um, – it was my first test season. It was 2000, uh, the Sydney Creek Ground. So, played Boxing Day test my first game. Second match, uh, I was at the SCG for the last game of the the series against India. And it was funny because I got – you know, you only get given one baggy green cap now. And that was from Alan Border. You know, they used to hand them out like they were floppy hats. Really? Yeah. And now when you see – you know, I'm what am my one number one forty in one day cricket. So you'll see the the yellow cap with one forty in the side, which is my number. Um, you get two or three of them, a you know, a series. Right. Yes, yeah. and they're still very, very important. And as equally as important, if you don't get the chance to play, and wear the baggy green cap and Test cricket, but that used to be the same. They used to throw them in the bottom of your kit bag in the sixties and seventies, and even you know, Bradman's era. They'd get several baggy green caps. There you go. Because well, they were just a, it's just a felt cap, yeah. But it's not just a felt; and it's, it's the fabric cap. of Australia, correct? And y- yeah, merino wool from Australian Well, merino, yeah, you yeah know what exactly I mean. right. Uh, I should know what color palette it is, but I don't. Um, <laughs> green, but green, exactly. <laughs> um, but like that became then through Alan Border, you, you get given one cap. So, so that was it, his thing. It was like did yeah, he, br- he brought that in as like this is the thing prestigious. You know, you actually were playing for this cap, right? Even though it's just a felt cap, it's got the Australian emblem on it, and you know why we've got a, a kangaroo and an emu on the emblem.
0: I do. Do you know,
2: Edward? Uh, I believe. I believe I know it. It's like, wasn't it the early coat of arms, mm-hmm. something it, like that? Like of what preformation? No, but why, are those, what, two why are those two? Animals? Oh, oh, because animals they on don't. There? Because they can't walk backwards.
1: There you Very go. good. Which is walk. great. So I it's great, that. and and to learn that, and to understand that the Australian culture is to keep moving forward, and that never say the attitude and that was our belief that's that's the way that we played sport um, but to have that baggy green cap so I got given my first baggy green in 1999 in melbourne the next very next game so it's my second test I get given another baggy green for the centennial test so we got a one off baggy oh. green like a skull cap like they used to wear in the 50s and 60s really so I've played two tests and got two baggy, two baggy greens I'm like <laughs> I'm Good not sure how many players have done that. No, well, any. You know. so like, there's, as,
0: were they the same, like, looking, but just with, like, a little bit more a bit tighter to it? Oh, they're a yeah. bit tighter.
1: Um, Gilly ma- made fun of himself because he reckons it made his ears look bigger. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a li- there's a little less sort <laughs> of It's like
1: It's like wearing a, you know, like a swimming cap <laughs> with an emblem on the top. But um, that sort of Sydney test, that was a really, really good celebration. And at the Sydney Cricket Ground, a lot of people don't know, mm. and giving away a little bit of inside knowledge here, that mm. in a sanctum where we feel comfortable, where there's no press and we can relax and just speak honestly and openly. Uh, after the test win at the SCG, the tradition is you'll get a cricket bat and go <laughs> on the floor, three taps, and then a few minutes later you'll hear Someone from downstairs, which is a cellar, which means come downstairs to the cellar. So you walk down underneath the change rooms of um, the Australian players, opposite where that um, you know where the race is there, and there's like a little garage door. You walk under there, and you walk inside, and there's this. It's only about this big, so we reckon it's Justin Langer's house (laughs) because. He fits in beautifully. <laughs> and there's a door that's been signed by every Test cricketer, I think, since the 1950s that's in Whoa. there. Oh, Probably shouldn't be saying too much about this, but... Uh, that is And it's a sick. cellar. So beers and wine and you get down there and have a chat with some of the ground staff and have a cold beer with them and... Really? And that's... And I thought, how good is this Test cricket stuff? And that tradition, is- knowing that, you know, the likes of Bradman have done it, you know, and the heroes yeah. and Allen Borders and... All the bullbangs. and you know the That's incredible. Legends of the game. I've
0: just I've actually never heard that ever. Like, you know, so you hear some stories like and again, because that's such a like a that's such an awesome one. So you so you bang the bat, is that to like let them know like we're ready to come down? Yeah. And then they're like We are this. thirsty.
1: <laughs> we are thirsty. Come on down, you know? Let's that's go. And then, and then it's and then I had a pinch, that was a pinch myself moment yeah. where I'm thinking I'm looking around thinking I've got Stephen Mark Waugh, Ricky Ponning, Damian Martin, Justin Langer, Adam Gilchrist, Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath. Jeez. And no, here no, I am. Odd. What am I doing? I'm a guy from Mount Warrigal, and here I am in the, in the secret cellar. With my heroes I've watched on TV growing up, and I'm now a teammate. It's it's weird. That's incredible. It's great, but it's 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 still weird. You know, you say you like you're you're feel like an actor. Is that mm. sort of like is any there any element to that of like
0: the uh, imposter syndrome where you yeah. like almost feel like oh I don't deserve this or like you feel like it's all going to sort of go away? Is that the sort of the energy?
1: Yeah, and, and it's probably overcoming that, and that's that's the hardest thing because what I quickly realised in sport, it's you know, when you when you break into the Australian cricket team, it's probably about 80% ability and 20% mental strength. Mm. But to stay in the Australian cricket team, it's 20% ability and 80, 80% mental strength. It switches around. Yeah. And so people that second-guess themselves or not confident um, without being too cocky don't normally last because they're worried about all those things. They're worried about being that imposter. And my mindset was, I've trained my ass off to get here. Um I back myself I'm quick enough to be in the team and good enough mm. but also too I'm not arrogant the fact I've got to work harder than anyone else because I wasn't the most talented Not I wasn't even the most talented in my family mm. <laughs> let alone the Australian cricket team so I had to work a lot harder but my dedication and the way I trained and, and that I was stubborn mm. and I still am but that's what I think makes you an athlete because you just never give up Have you always had that drive yep. growing up? Yeah From nine Is that when you wanted to be Yeah I told mum and dad I was going to wear the baggy green And bowl 160 k's When you were nine Nine I did first say They said What do you want to be When you grow up I said well I want to be a wallaby Because they had that commercial Going on back then About this big promo About you know I want to be a wallaby And dad just his head Oh no (laughs) Trouble here But yeah I just wanted to uh, To play for Australia And whatever I did Growing up Was destined to be that how much
0: consistent, like, it's just, it's because it's incredible to hear of a nine-year-old saying mm. something and, like, being able to then go on and do it, right? Like, there's very few people who have that. Yeah.
2: I always said I wanted to be a judge and I didn't even know what a judge was, <laughs> just for context. And then I wanted to be a chemist. Like I was all like, judge duty.
0: <laughs> and then a chemist.
2: Like, you know what I mean? You don't right. know anything at That's that age. Broad
0: broad, broad. Very broad. Yeah. And no, no dis- disrespect to no. judges and chemists of no. society is a random thing to be sort of like <laughs> wanting to do. But like, what is the... How are you keeping that consistency of mindset from such a young age, like that everything you're doing is sort of gearing towards it? Do your parents help with that? Is it having an older brother who was also clearly cricket inclined who would
1: like almost make you had to work harder mm. to beat him? I think all the above. Mm. You know, the the setup at home was dad never played sport, wasn't a cricketer. Mum was the athlete, mum was a sprinter. And I still remember the age of about twelve and you know, back then they used to, you get chased around with a wooden spoon if you have being a little shit. Or the signature cricket bat we used to get as well. Right. <laughs> uh, but it was about the age of 12 where I finally outran her. She would always mow me down, but 12 where I was too quick for her and she, and she started laughing. <laughs> and, you know, I sort of knew then that had that fast switch fibers, courtesy of mum. And I guess on her side of the family, they're they're all sort of athletes. Mm. And dad was the mental strength. He was like, Okay, let's play cricket, but whatever you do, I definitely play a team sport because it's really really good for you. Mm. But what what whatever you choose to do, you've got to do it 100%. And that was I still remember him saying it all the, even even today. Mm. Whatever you do, commit to 100%, give it your best shot. And he would would go to the nets most afternoons with you know, myself, and my two brothers, one older, one younger, Shane and Grant, and he'd watch TV, started watching cricket and looked at different techniques, looked at bowling actions. Why aren't they falling away? If they are falling away, it's going to hurt their back. So he upskilled himself very quickly. My, my dad wanted to be a doctor, actually. He's very, very switched on, very smart. Okay. And um, he just quickly realised about the techniques in sport, and so he just drove it into us every single day about that, almost like not the foot on the throat, but that sort of mentality, like, mm. keep going. You know, like if if you're bowling fast, why why are you trying to bowl fast? You're trying to scare them, you're trying to intimidate them in the, in, a, in a sense of try and get them out. And I sucked at bowling spin; I couldn't bat, so fast bowling was what I naturally chose. Did you did you just see that? Did you see fast
2: bowling as your way of making the side, and so you you honed in on it, or did you always have like
1: natural speed that you could? I think fa- fast bowling came more naturally than any other yeah. part of the, the game. You know, we tried, tried spin growing up, and as I said, I was rubbish at it. But we did little athletics, so we, we all did sprinting. So you were quick? Yeah, I was decent pace. Mm-hmm. Um, never going to be at that elite level. Did javelin at school, did a long jump, did all those things at little lays, which was a lot of fun. And that's why I always say that to make a good fast bowler you have to be a good sprinter. So the stuff I've worked with, um, with kids coming through, from, you know, 16 onwards that want to be a fast bowler, they've got to be a good sprinter. And unfortunately, if you're not a good sprinter, you're not really going to be a guy that can bowl 160 k's. You either have it or you don't. Mm. What sort of, like, how quick are you running in? Like, are you... Good pace. Like, 80%? Yeah, at least 85. I remember in the 2003 World Cup, I was steaming in, like I was flying in. But what I was doing, I was teaching myself about running, and I I, I learnt by mistake actually I used to train down at Balmoral and so pre-season I'd do yeah up and down the the beach there and I would run a lap of the beach and if I could do that in the soft sand with shoes on because one I was worried about stepping on something two (laughs) you have to make your feet and your glutes and all your legs and the muscles and the joints your legs stabilise yourself so it's harder on the body Mm. if I could do one lap I knew I was decent in terms of fitness if I could do two laps I knew I was ready So I'd do that pre-season. Then I'd get on the grass on the flat level and run, work on my sprint train. But then I worked on running downhill. And what I found accidentally when I just – I think I was chasing a ball and I almost fell over. I was running that quick. So I trained my brain and my body to overspin, you know, running quicker than what you could ever run on a flat surface. So then when I went out to the field, my 85% felt like I was just cruising in. But I had to hit that optimum speed – so, yeah. like like a, an A380 taking off, mm. you can't just go zip and then take off. Yeah. You need that nice approach without being too long, but conserving enough energy to do it time and time, time and time, time, and, time yeah. and time again.
0: How how wrecked are you after a spell? Like, it obviously is tiring, and mm. it's easy to, like, look at it and be like... to know, Well, I think it's easy to look at it and not truly understand how tiring it is. Again, from the work we were doing the other day, which was nothing like a spell of bowling, I found myself blowing like a few (laughs) times being like, oh my God, this is...
1: It's all relative to what you're used to, but it's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't care what anyone says. Fast bowling is the hardest part of cricket. It's the most sort of physical part of cricket. Mm. Yes, it's hard being a batsman and scoring a double hundred or whatever, and that's mentally and physically draining, but bowling, every single day I was literally hitting 100%. So I wasn't running in flat stick, but the effort at the crease... Mm. You know, you hear counter rotation, hyperextension in layman's terms, twisting and turning. It's taxing on the body. Mm. But I was every single ball I was maximum effort. Well, like Also a batter can
0: get out first ball exactly and the job's right. done. Exactly. You right. can't get out bowling. Oh, you, unless,
1: unless you rip
2: your hammy off. Well, That's right. Sure. But you so you know, your spells would often be in the one fifties. Consistently,
1: yeah. That's so what like I wanted. You were just you were just getting in there and ripping in ball after. Ball. I had to. And that was my Don't job. after over day after day. And the hardest thing is, is it's the expectation. Then if you hit one fifty, you kind of sit in that little comfortable pocket at one forty, and you know I've unfortunately f- sometimes felt in not I should say fallen into. The commentary sort of what people are saying around the world now 135, 140, good pace It's not good pace (laughs) With all all due respect, it's not quick 145 is getting quick 150 is good pace And then obviously to get to 160 is like That's just rare. Where's the only reason why I think three or four people have only ever hit 160 Which I'm fortunate I've done it But To bowl 150 is so taxing on the body Mm. But it's the best
0: It's great to watch, that's for damn sure I can't imagine It It hurts
2: how does it feel out of the hand when you're bowling 150?
1: Like, is it, is it sort of empowering? It is. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you like want like to boost the ego yeah. and you want to feel on top of your game, yeah, to bowl 150s, it's, it's as close to, you know, you might see, you know, soccer players or football players taking that perfect kick and curling one in the top left-hand corner. That's when they're on their best. That's when they feel great and they nail yeah. the ball. Um, or that big punt in um, NFL, whatever it might be, bowling, to bowl 150Ks plus, it, it feels pretty special because it's hard to do. Yeah,
2: What's it like seeing fear in a man's eyes? And Great. stumps
1: explode <laughs> behind them. Love <laughs> it. you got to love it. It's that, <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. That white line fever, but it's, you know, that that's what makes a good fast... You have to have that element of, you know, you see and you watch Dale Stane and... See the crazy eyes, and you know, it's I know it's going through his head. He wants to take wickets, he wants to scare the tripe out of him. Mm. But you do it in a sense where, like, I hated people getting injured. I want to make that very clear. I, w- I hate the sight of blood, and I've unfortunately, you know, I've seen guys get badly injured in cricket, and mm. I've been a part of that. I don't, I don't like seeing that, but in the context of what you're trying to achieve, and it's I've got no issue with bowlers intimidating batsmen on the provision they're trying to get their wicket. Yeah. Um, Not just trying to hurt them. Well, you don't want to hurt them. You, like, but if they're standing in the way of the stumps, you know. If they I, need I, a good I, softening up, yeah. then it well, is what it is. Well, if you, you know, we should have, we should have um, tapped in Pierce Morgan, had a chat to him on the way as well. <laughs> 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 no, but like, you know, we've obviously seen, um, you know, I, I've probably hit about 250 people in the head over the years, you know. And yeah. I was over playing in a junior Australian competition in Zimbabwe and me and Ashley for he played a couple of games for Australia, one-day cricket. We broke about 18 helmets on that tour. And they had to start using our helmets. Oh, really? Did they yeah. really? Yeah, but you've only got to pin them once and then that scares them and then you get their wicket, hopefully.
0: I was in Like, why when a helmet gets absolutely, like, smoked? It, I thought a helmet would be more resilient than than, like, one ball. You know what I mean? Like, I know that it's... I, the impact is is intense and it's even mm. like, I just would have thought that a helmet was a little more resilient than one ball and now I need a freshie.
1: Yeah, well... But back, it seems like they're not. Back in the day, and it's all relative to what you're used to now as well. Like, I used mm. to wear one pair of shoes the whole season. Then when you get sponsored and you got the luxury of having a, a fresh, brand-new pair of shoes on... I went through 66 pairs of shoes one season. You get a
0: taste for the fresh wheels, I get it.
1: I love the fresh wheels, you know, <laughs> like you get them on and and they feel tighter. And I had to have my my boots super tight. I had long spikes in my left shoe. So my left shoe was like, literally like... Um, I was muggers. like slightly... Oh, they were different lengths. Left, long spikes and I had them made on, on a lathe. Um, What's a lathe? You know, right, like
2: a wood lathe spins like. Yeah, like mm. a, oh,
1: right. Made okay. by it was made by um, um Joey Dawes, the former, Shield creator for Queensland. He he went into the sort of the, the footwear, business, and uh, yeah, he, ma- he made some long spikes up for me. Now, hazardous if you, if you spike yourself or trip. Yeah, but running and trying to bowl one hundred and fifty ks every ball. And the power that goes through your front foot. So most bowls are twice their body weight. I was 16 times my body weight. What? So my wow. foot. 16 yeah, times. Yeah, and I'd slam it down. Yeah. I was about 88 kilos, 90 kilos max when I was playing. Mm. So 16 times that's a lot of 16 weight.
0: 16 times.
1: And then, so that's why I've had six ankle operations. That is why. That's but exactly my foot why. stops dead still. If it's slid, I'd lose 20 k's of pace. Right. So my right foot I'd never blow out But the pressure and the power going through in my left foot Which is why I'd explode the shoes in almost every game oh. Would the physios advise against you having yeah. longer spikes for that yep. reason? Yep They said you shouldn't be wearing that, it's not good for you. your ankle I said, said, said here there's bowling 120k sweatband <laughs> swingers <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't excite me, I said I'd rather be injured Yeah. yeah.
0: So, that, so that extra length in the spike... Is what allowed you yeah.
1: to... And you know who loved it? The great SK Warren. Oh, yeah? Because my follow-through would be ripping up the turf on, oh, on a good length. Yeah, of yeah, course. he yeah, say, Bing, I reckon you should come around the wicket as a right-hander. <laughs> I'm like, nah, mate. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: was it... Someone was telling us the other day, and I... That, uh, like, you and Shao Baktar, like, were on the same side for a club cricket game once. Is that... That that
1: isn't exactly true that was the media speculation okay. and a lot of people have asked me that question but we were on paper to play for Mossman together mm. that's almost should be illegal from like a criminal oh, it perspective would have been good fun it would so have been great for you i when he came out I was on tour and when i went back he was he was injured i think so we didn't get the opportunity but there was some they actually published it that we were going to play together on the weekend And something happened, we couldn't do it. But there was a guy coming up from second grade from St. George, I think. So he looked up and said, I've got to face Akdar and Lee. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been been second grade coming up. But I I, I I opened the bowling for, for Mossman with Phil Alley. And for those that don't know the name or they haven't heard his name for a long, long time, left arm fast bowler for New South Wales, six foot 11. He bowled high 140s. At six foot eleven, Jeez. he should have taken three hundred test wickets. Wow, 6'11". That's
0: six 11. a tall glass. And of water.
1: and would run around like he's six foot. Like you know how most guys, with all due respect, they lumber. Get a over bit. six six. They're a little bit sort of docile, clumsy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't really got the sort newborn giraffe coordination. And stuff, yeah, man. exactly. With respect,
0: obviously. Rhythm yes,
1: clumsy newborn giraffes. But like Jordan, six foot six. He was so agile. Mm. Phil Elliott, six foot eleven. Like if I was sitting down with him with the same height from here up. Far out. But his legs would come up to legs here on are just me. Monsters. And he just bowl gas.
0: <laughs> and so you bowled with him in bowled the Bowl with um, him,
1: yeah, and it was that was fun.
0: For, for, again, for you, that would have been terrifying for someone yeah. else. Just going
1: just going, just double teaming
2: some bloke. Yeah. yeah far I'll, out. Both
0: ends. Bats was game, stuff him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to play with uh with Sherwood? Was there ever a moment where you guys got to play in a, a game together? No, we played against each other a fair bit. Sure, um, I guess these days you can see that. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, you'd always like imagine if. Brent
1: yeah, well, he, he also played play for Kolkata Night Rise, but we missed. Once again, the, he played in the first two years. I think it was of the IPI. I was playing up more up north. Okay, the right. The Kings Eleven, but we played against each other, and um, it had some had some spells. My first twelfth man duty before I made my Test debut was in Perth. It was the first three. Test games or test matches against Pakistan in uh, 99, about November 99. Mm. And, mate, he was bowling gas mm. at the Wacker. And I was just thinking, thank God I'm 12th man. <laughs> yeah. he's bowling wheels. I miss and I Whacker. just thought, I love that. Because I heard his name in 96, 97. I was up at the, um, the Buena Vista. We'd won a game for for Mossman. Good spot. Got up for a, for a beer at the pub. I look up. I'm looking at this guy going... Who's this guy? The black hair, flapping in. He's steaming in. His rump's about 45 metres long, bowling wheels. Shalb I thought, and the name stuck with me. I, I remember exactly, I can remember the sun coming in in the afternoon. I remember exactly where I was sitting, what we were doing. You know, that moment in, yep. in time. And that was, I thought, wow, th- oh, I want to try and emulate what this guy's doing. Mm. And we became mates out of it. Interesting. So there's mm. like that mutual respect. Yeah.
0: Yep. Just a couple of. Fast guys Just a couple As of long fast as he doesn't However
1: there was A test we played in Sharjah I think it was Against Pakistan mm. He's bowling 140k 140k He's went off Changed his shoes I don't know He came out He's firing He's bowling 155k Thunderbolts He's gone <laughs> All of a sudden He's Rissol Mark Wall Adam Gilchrist And I'm next in <laughs> On the hat trick ball Oh So I'm not even half ready you know, two minutes ago, I was sitting down just watching the guy. Life was good. The, life was great. <laughs> <laughs> now I am facing, you know, one of the fastest balls in the world. And he's gone for the ma- – I know exactly what he's trying to do. He's gone for the massive in-swinger because the ball's tailing big time. Reverse swing. It has a, It's a beamer. It's hit me straight on the hip bone. Oh, Missed Jesus. my thigh pad, missed my rib pad. Perfect. It's like I felt like I'd been shot. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I hit the deck. I'm like, you, (laughs) you know, you meant that. Yeah. I know know he didn't, but my – He meant – he sort of did. No, he meant to – he was trying to blow away my left foot. Yeah. that's what I used to try and do, right? Because I knew exactly. But I'm like, oh, (laughs) you wait, right? He's like, bing, 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 I'm sorry. I said, yeah, you wait, mate. (laughs) So he came in in the second innings. And I sniffed him first ball. Hit him straight on the Pakistan badge. Badged him, right? But he just shook it off because it hit him in the badge. Didn't It didn't hurt at nah. least. I said at least mine bounced. <laughs> but I'm not going to be all high and mighty about... Because I've unfortunately bowled a few beamers in my time. Well, Never it's... once have I met it, though. There, there we you go. go. Publicly. Publicly. Yeah. No, what was your, your favourite ground was. to bowl at? The Whacker must have been a doozy. Whacker was good. Yeah. Yeah. Whacker was really good. Had a... Spell there in 99 where I think I'll bowl my quickest ever. There's no speed gun, unfortunately, but, you know, I'm 22 years of age. I've got the Freeman or doctor blown over the right shoulder. I love that. The wickets conducive to fast bowling. Hads is past the 30-metre circle, you know, and you just see real good bounce and carry. And I think what you see, to me, you know, I use the power of um, visualisation a lot when I was bowling. So I could tie a mark blink for one second, I could see myself running in, see the action. It's almost like there was a GoPro or, a, a you know, a, um, a, um, a drone behind me mm. coming in. See the action, see the bats and nick one and seeing Hads or Gilly Dive right and take that specky catch, right, or a Maccas Classic. Exactly right. And I would visualise that every single day. So for that to actually happen and I just felt like I'm doing this easy here, I'm feeling really good, the conditions were perfect. Foot was Stick it in nice and hard The spikes were good the Balls coming out Yeah that, that Those days Only happen A couple of times In your career And that was like That's the reason Why I'm bowling fast I love it And are you like Are you aware of it coming in Or is it more, more like Do you
0: feel on the day Like there's just something In the air Or is it just once you get going You're just like This is yeah, it's it's all, it's, Everything's work Everything's right
1: my, my hardest competitor Was my own body you know, Trying to get myself up For the game mm. And like literally, mate, I'd be playing. I remember there was a test in Adelaide and I bowled all day. And day one, it's 42 degrees, a dry heat. So it's not as bad as the Gabba on 25 degrees and humid. But I get up on day two, hop out of bed. And I felt like I was 80, honestly, Mm. with all due respect to 80-year-olds. Like I could not walk. My hammies are barking. Glutes are killing. Back sore. My elbow's cooked. My shoulders are sore. Mentally, I was good. And I was... So, because de- we, I was dehydrated, we, we are losing five to seven kilos a day, or five to seven li- litres of fluid a day. Sheesh. So, you've got to put that back in. You've got to put it back in at night. Five to seven litres. Yeah, every day. So, you're just drowning yourself almost. Yeah, at so night. you know, you weigh yourself before you go to the bowl, and when you come off at the end of the day, you've lost five at least five kilos. Wow. And it's all fluid. Wow. It's all That's fluid. a heap. So, you can't get the weight on when you're playing, which is hard. Mm. But then it's obviously when you finish cricket, it's. You know, you got to try and keep it off. That's, yes. that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Well, I'm perpetually
0: in a state of just finished cricket. You guys are in very good, Nick. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I remember I had to get myself up for the game and I dragged my ass down the pool trying to do a leg swim thinking Oh, I could just tear my hammy first go. I, I was very fortunate, I, I guess, with my makeup and once again back to mum and I guess the, the surname or her maiden name, the Buxton Gene, we call it. I only ever had two muscle tears in my career. I was playing Wow Which is unheard of And you're getting around like that Like that just And I was But I was bloody sore But I yep. would work my way through Had my routine Had my breakfast Smash And I'll be smashing In the light, the, the Gatorade in the morning Try and get your electric Because you drink water Just go straight through you mm. Mm. So You know You've got to get enough fluid in Without feeling bloated Like you can't move either And look at the weather I open the blinds Because I used to love Overcast days I loved it when it just tinkering on, raining. Yeah. Like, and cold. Like, Tassie bowl all day. Mm. Love it. Whereas most bowls hate that. I open the thing, window, the blinds. It's like 42 degrees again today. And I've <laughs> got to do it all again today. And they're like four down India. And it's a road. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, yeah. Are they the hardest <laughs>
2: days to just toil? Toil? Yeah. Man.
1: And you saw, And you know, it. first ball, you're going to have, te- like, ankles killing. You know, it's like someone shoving a knife in the back of your ankle because oh. I was... Always battling here here we go as a physio. Posterior ankle impingements with floating ostrogonums. Oh, okay. Wow. Huge. Ankle jammed in the back. An ostrogonum is when the little bit of bone chips off like a cashew nut, floats around. Oh dealing with that. It up oh, and you have you got tears in your eyes when you're bowling the whole time. But oh, suck it up, you're playing for you your the country. You gotta do it, yeah. Like I, I used to always think what were my mates that wanted to play for Australia that Are watching on TV or out, you know, working a nine to five job, they, they would love to be here mm. to suck it up, yeah. Just do and it. then you get out, you put your bag in cap, and it's like, all right, let's go. Would you love just the pain. that's awesome? Do you take anything to manage the pain, or you just got to get on with it? You could take anti inflammatories and and Voltaren and stuff, but like it's you also don't want to wreck your stomach either, so mm. it's keeping one eye on post cricket but also doing what you can in order to get through. But I was just, to me it was about diet, it was about having the right nutrition, make sure I'm hydrated, and um, take Voltaren when you wanted to, take mm. like an anti-inflammatory when you wanted to to get through. But generally I always found too that the big occasions would, that was like extra injection of synovial fluid in your joints. Mm. I synovial
0: fluid, of course.
1: It's amazing how much you learn about your body <laughs> There you go you know, How many you,
0: injuries you had again? You yeah. like your surgeries um, There was like a million of them you were rattling off the other day Yeah and no,
1: I, I sort of I think I told you guys off air before But you know when you go into a chiro or physio And they say shade in the area of your body where you're injured <laughs> Yeah And I, I can just see my eyes Because <laughs> <laughs> my eyes were fine They, were, yeah, know, yeah, they, were they weren't good. sore Everything else was sore mm. But I think I had about 11 or 12 ops over the years
0: And that's like Elbow, ankles yeah, elbows Back Yeah two or
1: three times Six or seven Six on my um, You know Major injuries uh, Ankles um, Yeah Broke my back twice Had uh, When I snapped my elbow in half And snapped through the the bone I woke up in the morning And my hip was killing me After I had the op And I didn't realise They'd Got like an apple corer And they caught out fresh bone Out of my hip To put back in Jeez When they pinned it That was worse than my elbow that is how you can even come up with like that's what we'll do. Yeah, you know what we'll insane. do. We'll take.
0: We'll nip a bit out of the hip. Bulging
1: yeah. discs in my neck just from bowling and then looking up. Ah, oh, wow. So I, you know, probably been four years ago. I couldn't even look up. I had to hold my head to look up, and I found this amazing Cairo in Chatswood. Man, I'm I'm a hundred percent. Really. Now what, what stops me now is pinging the odd calf. The, yeah. You know the old man injury. Yes. So I'll run, I'll do, try and do 8Ks around Narrabeen Lake and mm. I'll I'll run around and I think I'm 25 again, but I'm 47 now and I probably don't stretch as much as I should and warm up. But who cares? Yeah. Hey,
0: that's what it's about, right? Keep exactly. Going. You've still got the athlete's mindset though. Yeah. That never goes. Where well, your
1: mind goes, you can do it. Your body's like, hey, mate, just relax.
0: Yeah, yeah calm down,
1: mate. Just yeah. calm right so just down. Just calm down. But outside, yeah. outside of the, the calf, the body's fine now? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, it's fine. It elbow is probably the worst that aches because it's I can't straighten it. So in winter that aches. Uh, if I'm doing a lot of because I love doing manual labour on the farm as well, get down and move wood and yeah, you know, it's a good way to keep. We
0: were talking about fit. that literally two nights ago. We we're like, dream for us is to be able to own it like separately, but like get a space where you can start just using a shovel. Yeah, oh, pottering about.
2: I love it. Sort and I I was down
1: at the farm on the weekend. Got a farm, which I've always, always wanted to have a a property and have some land and some cattle. And I just get down there with my old man, and we just, you know, he's either on the tractor, and I'll be doing lifting the wood and cutting wood with him, and doing manual stuff. And it's, it's splitting logs, splitting logs, mate. That's living. That's great. It is living. It is. it is, especially when you spend a lot of time in India in a in a, um, a really environment that's so. You know, it's in your face. Everything's real tight and claustrophobic. So to get out in some space. Mm-hmm. See the stars. Smell night. the flowers, as smell they the say. Smell look the Look up the, you know, the stars. That's it.
0: We don't get them around The either. simple no, things don't. in
1: life, boys. That's what life's
2: about. What what about. Light pollution is yep. one of the great enemies of the city. It's unbelievable. Well, enemy of the stars. Enemy of the stars in the city. Does my head in. Do you get back to India much? Yeah. You've obviously had... Um, you know, you've obviously become quite big over there over the years. A bit of a one of our great exports into India, <laughs> I would suggest. Thanks, mate. Um, you've done some Bollywood work in the past. Do you want to elaborate on that for us? Un Indian.
1: Yeah, I I did a. That was actually an Australian film with Bollywood flavor, so okay. designed for that market. So you're right yep. when you said it was a Bollywood film, which it essentially was. Uh, that was done in two thousand and fifteen, and I'd been working with a gentleman called Anupam Palm Sharma, who I did commercials with. He's Australian Indian heritage um, gentleman, lovely fella and he's done a lot of stuff with Australian film awards and everything. And you know, from two thousand onwards, we've been doing commercials. And he said, one day I wanna get you in a feature film. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, like sure, of course it's gonna happen, right? Yeah. And he said, I've got a uh, a film for you i want you to be in it. i said yep and i thought white's on a little cameo role go across the screen catch you later i'll see you next week type of thing <laughs> but didn't realize it was going to be a proper three and a half month filming and i was a lead actor <laughs> i was like wow so and i took it on and that was uh i'm glad i did it i yeah. got ribbed from my teammates It was fun
0: I bet bet they did though Right Like you can do anything Slightly out of the ordinary And your mates are going to hang shit on you Aren't they Like that's almost What's the beauty
1: of it That's the Australian culture as well though, And that's why we love being here Because You know You get brought back down to earth Pretty quickly And that's You know That was something I learned from my parents Is that always Don't Think you're better than someone else either So there's always that mindset But there's always The mindset that I thought too Was like Well I'm just not a fast bowler either. You know, I want to try the things. I want to try new things and new challenges. And mm. this was a whole, a whole new challenge. So to film for three and a half months and you know do a do a feature film was
0: was amazing. How did you find the moments where you have to like really act like the in terms of like you know scenes that are a bit more like
1: maybe emotionally involved? Mm. Yeah, good question. Uh, tough. Yeah, I thought. The hundred and forty pages of dialogue would be the toughest, and the acting would be the easiest mm. to remember the lot. But we we were doing four pages of dialogue a day, which isn't too bad. But it's still, and it wasn't memorize the script word for word. You could ad-believe a lot, and you could you know be in, be in the moment. Yep. And I thought when you walk on set on day one, it's the opening scene, and then when you finish in three and a half months, it's the the last scene. Yeah. It's not the case All out of sequence And my respect for actors And I, I used to call them actors and actresses Now they're just actors right mm. Is top shelf They are they are geniuses They are so good mm. Because you got to get yourself in that emotional state And you know sports always about Try and take the emotion out of it Whereas acting you try to get the emotion into it mm. So I was playing a different role there Bizarre, right? And I, because I was in this romantic comedy, there was a, there was a, a couple of awkward scenes and <laughs> a bit of kissing kissing scenes and yeah, stuff. Right. So I sat down with my wife and I said, "This is the script." This she goes, "Go for it! It's a great opportunity." Yeah. And then I wanted to warm in and get to know my leading or my lead actor, and uh, she was lovely. Tanisha Chadda and she's done a lot of work through India. Did a, a film out of England called Brick Lane as well, which she was massive in. And then day two. Of my acting career, here I am. It's a kissing scene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is awkward.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: How but she t- was funny. She was like, "Did you bring your Chewie?" You know? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> How many takes have you got to do? Well, that was trying to do it one Quickly. take. No, yeah. yeah, it. nah, it, but it's 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 a team that you're working with. It's the environment. It's it's people make you feel comfortable. So mm. you know, you just look at it as part of part of the job and. You know, it, it was a very – it was a tough three and a half months because there's so much – every day it was. All day, every day. Locations, yeah, and there's a lot of downtime because, you know, it's like cut, different camera angles, different light, you know, look around here and the different lighting and stuff and you get used to the cameras and everything, but it's just – it's waiting and waiting and wait, and then you have to be on. And so when I'd walk in, because my actor was called Will – you know, and I had to be Will. So even at lunch, they'd be calling me Will. <laughs> really? You know, I'd be wearing Will's watch, and I was—I wasn't Brett. I was Will. Yeah, so it was it's ah. like a what they call method acting. Method acting,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, obviously, there's you've done a, f- a fair few things outside of cricket. Obviously, there's Six and Out as well, which is the band that you're in. Which what's the like? What's I just have now blanked on the song, but there's like a like your most can't, famous can't one. Can't bowl, can't, can't throw. Can't, can't bowl, can't throw. Um, I'm also conscious of time But there's just a couple mm. of things We'd love to get to Before we let you go But uh, Six and out How does that come about And you're still touring And doing all that stuff Yeah
1: we're still available For, for gigs Weddings The um, mitzvahs Funerals <laughs> Whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> We We started Mid mid to Mid 90s it was And I was in the New South Wales Sheffield Shield squad And I walk in And I hear a bit of a whisper about a band forming. So Gavin Robertson, former Australian off spinner legend, mm. uh, he'd been in a few bands with his sister, I think, and he's a drummer and a, and a singer. So he was trying to form the band. So he had Gavin Robertson on drubs, Brad Mcnamara, so former and he's a former um, New South Wales all rounder, and then went. Um, he was executive producer Channel Nine. Now works as an EP at uh, Fox Sports. A ripping bloke, funniest yes. guy you ever meet. with guys I was back in the days, you great guys fella. know him. And so he was on lead guitar. My brother Shane was on acoustic guitar. Uh, Richard Cheek, we're the first uh, Chinese heritage uh, cricketer play for New South Wales. Legend of a guy, lead singer, who my brother called um, the Asian Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, what's left? He had a drummer. Lead singer, lead guitarist, acoustic guitarist, bass guitar. I had no idea how to play music, really. <laughs> oh, really? So I got my younger brother, who's like a legend. He's a qualified, um, done great at merits on piano. He's classically taught, plays every instrument. I so have to go buy a bass. So I went down to Wollongong. I think is this is test my memory. I think uh, Jurgens Music in Wollongong. Walked Sad in. Yep, they're probably gone under by now. Um, <laughs> Went in, looked at a bass, and I said, All right. And he picked out a bass, and I looked, I said, It's only got four strings. He goes, Well, most, most bass guitars have four strings. They can have five or six. He goes, This could be difficult. And I went, Okay, let's buy it. There's this purple bass guitar. And next day I walked in, I said, Boys, your bass band's here. They're <laughs> like, Okay, you're in. And that was it. And it then, it was was no idea. To play. There. No idea. I thought it can't be that hard, you know, like four strings. But it's it's tough because it's, yeah, yeah. it's all the rhythm. You know, I have to hang in the pocket with our with the rhythm section with the drummer. But we did a gig a week later at the New South Wales Awards. So we got up and we played one song, three chords, and it was The Proclaimer's Five Hundred Miles, and we changed the lyrics to Advance Australia Fair. And the crowd loved it. And I remember there was some People there at this blues function, I can't remember where it was, at the SCG, I think it was, and these people came up and they gave us business cards and they said, if you learn 20, 30 songs, we'll have you at our pub, we'll have you at the Castle Tavern, we'll have you at the Coogee Palace, we'll have you at the the Crozos Hotel. Oh, really? So we went and rehearsed. We went to Piermont Sound Level Studios, I still remember it. And here we are rehearsing and most bands will go in, they'll do a 40-minute set, they'll come out, they'll have a, Siggy, they'll have a few beers. Mm. We went six hours straight. Jesus we, we pound and we had Midnight Oil next to us in the other room and he <laughs> popped their heads in. These guys aren't resting. That's hilarious. And Gavin knew all the, the you know, the big musos mm. through playing different bands. And they'd have a listen and go, oh, yeah, it's starting to sound good, guys, and get the <laughs> confidence going. Fast forward now, we've done 250 shows around Australia.
2: Ow. Jesus Christ. We've had
1: the pleasure to – we played at the um, – Golden Sheaf once, Uh, the boys from NXS got up and played with us. You know, we've... It's pretty cool. Some pretty mad experiences. It's fun. At the
0: back of just having a crack at something. Having a crack, but we know
1: probably 100 songs now and we're comfortable that we, you know, we're not trying to be Bon Jovi, but we we give it a crack. Written a few songs, but mainly just do covers.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: And then, um, obviously, you've got the beer as well. Mm -hmm. Sydney... Sydney Beer. Sydney Beer. Sydney Beer Co., yeah, which is... Going very well actually I've been involved now for about 14 months yeah. um, Co-owner of the beer And we're in 350 go venues yeah. 350s fifty's cool. around uh, Venues around Sydney It's uh, 350 Palasia. around Sydney Yeah so all through Jesus. Maryvale yep. uh, Jackson on George is back in the game nice. So three levels of them but, Shout out to Jacksons on Yeah. Them. Maryvale have been really good for us um, Catalina's and you know, yeah, we're in Iceberg so we or the big the big venues. Are you at the SCG? At the SCG, love that Sydney Football Stadium. And our vision is to so we're exporting to China and Malaysia. Yep, Albanese very kindly enough got a photo in in China recently on his trip, holding up a uh, six pack. Did he? He did. Good from Albo. Yeah, good from Albo. Very good from him because uh, Ruddy's he's a member at the Miracle Tennis Club. Yes. We've got beer on tap there
2: I actually heard him The other day Talking about his
1: tennis Yeah he's on the radio he, He's a very good tennis player I was his tennis partner For ages Were, were you really? Yeah. At? He's a good player Yeah good he, player. he
2: wasn't he didn't, he didn't say He was a good player But I could sort
1: of tell By the way nah, He was he's quick. questions He was He's right. lost a lot of weight too So he's a bit A bit quicker now Around the court Beautiful, Beautiful. Right. He's a bit Straight from my uh, Cool room Jeez, thank Cheers thank lads. Thanks on. mate see ya. So yeah This is our premium This is our hero brand 4.5% Great. Premium lager That's delicious. No preservatives. And... Very good. We've got our second skew out now, which is our 3.5% mid-strength. So we're on... That's
0: fantastic. ...in draft.
1: So in keg and that, and we're bringing out the bottles. So bottles and cans with a 4.5 and on on tap as well. So how'd you fall into this? Met the two founders. It's been going since 2016. Met the two founders in 2019. I've always had beer on tap at home. Oh, nice. Nice. So... You know, my wife loves interior design decorating and she takes care of all the internals of the house and mm. I take care of the pizza oven and the the beer on tap. Yeah.
0: That's almost like the dream when you're younger. It's like, you know, what am I going to have in my house? It's like I'm going to have beers on tap, a pizza oven. Have you got like a home theater? Surely come yeah. what else are you
1: have? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to enjoy life. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Like, you know, you, and the thing is you but you buddy, work your ass off in every aspect to to get the finer things in life, and you are got yeah, to enjoy it, right? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, so I, I think about the days where in Adelaide, that second day of the, the test and your body's screaming, and it's, that's pain for itself now because you, you've earned it. But yeah. you're never better than anyone else. You never like, get appreciated and, and mm. respect things. But um, no, nah, so yeah, try the beer. My favourite tasting lager I've ever had It's It's honestly really nice. It's good.
0: It's really nice. And thank you for it's bringing really a few more that we'll. Uh, well, there's
1: plenty more where that we'll came from. Punishing. Gente- I, I'm a I'm a big lager guy as mm-hmm. well, yeah. so you know it works. Or well, people that try works. it love it. So it's that old saying, beer in hand. And look, we're we're really proud of it. They wanted to get me in as an ambassador, and I thought, no, nah, if I'm going to get involved here, I want to have some skin in the game. And yeah. you know, got myself into you know ownership, equity stake, and um, I love it. I just I. I I love going into – and we we'd like to walk in different venues now and say this is us, this is what we're doing, mm. give us a shot because we're not trying to compete with the big brands like, you know, the two, um, you know, Lion Nathan, CUB, they hold. I didn't – got to upskill yourself very quickly. I didn't I didn't realise that when you walk into a pub, if there are ten taps, nine taps on general are contracted taps mm. and one tap is left for like the little independence called a swinging tap and that's us. So we're fighting for that one tap. Per sort of ten taps, if that yeah. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And we have got to find a way to activate and pull b- more beer through taps, which we which we can do.
0: It sounds like you're doing well. Two hundred or something was it? Three fifty venues. 350?
1: Yeah, and we've got. Uh, I tell you, he's come it's on a lot board of swing taps. It is. We've got Matt Nable, the actor. Yeah, Matt Nable. Yes. So he's a he's a rip. So he's former yeah. Bogues, before he started his acting career and writing career. Yeah. yeah. So he's always been. He's dream is to always uh, voice over, because he's a voice of Fox as well. Oh yeah, no, He's got fantastic. a great fucking voice.
0: Matty Nabes is Fox uh, Fox League. Yeah,
1: and his dream was to voice a beer ad. <laughs> oh, really? So he's putting together now some different ideas. We've got a whole marketing team and a CEO and a, a GM now, and it's fun. Oh, good. Jesus, so it's, it's coming along. It's that's We're growing very, very quickly, which right. is exciting, but yeah. it's challenging, and um, as long as you had a good product. So the, the way I've lived my life, you know, I was going back to 2000. I was a wheat bix kid for bloody 18 years. Oh,
0: I'm glad you brought that up. I want to know how many you do because I remember back in the day it was like, you know, how many wheat bix can you do? I swear yours was like off the charts how many you well, have. I, was well, was it 14?
1: I did seven and the ad was imagine if I did nine, right? That was yeah. the commercial. So I always did 7 wheat Weet-Bix and then my mate Timmy Cahill, he came on board and he did nine, so he trumped me, which I wasn't happy about. No, mm.
0: Timmy's coming. Well, and did but he put some mayo on those wheat bix? Who knows?
1: It's hard to. Do you know. have did. to?
2: When you say that you do seven, I do they know, make you eat the bastards <laughs> first? Sit there. I <laughs> ate
1: seven, and I, I, can, I still eat them today. Right, even though I'm not sponsored by them anymore. But you're always wheat bix, kid. Yeah. and my kids strange. eat them, Classic. and yeah. that's they're what great. It is. They're only ninety seven percent whole grain, if you're wondering. <laughs> it's in brain. not an ad. <laughs> it's in brain. It's in, brain in me, right? <laughs> um. Ingrained, I should say, in my brain. That was a <laughs> put two words together. Um, but when you do the commercial, they had a spit bucket. And because I was only young and green, and I was you know, just played my first test, and I'd gone on and I was the, the new ambassador, and or the only the first ambassador. And they do the shot, and you eat it, and you're like there, and yeah, they go and cut, and you're meant to spit it out, so you're doing different takes. And, and I just kept eating. They look down The spit bucket's clear as There's nothing in it I did 32 So you're actually you? the, You're oh, the king of the week So that's thing. actually your I number I 32 Right That is ridiculous <laughs> Mate I was like You must have been <laughs> stuffed They bloated for about yeah, <laughs> dude. I was hey, dude
2: like, couldn't, couldn't eat for about six weeks So you actually put George Gregg into the sword Cause mm-hmm. George, George Yeah but George used to do Like big numbers He was in the teens He was he? in the teens I'm sure he
1: was Yeah George but was he in the thirties? No well, one's no. Been in the thirties. Sure, nah, that was um, wasn't ever registered like that. But nah. no, no speed there. It's it's the signs of of marketing too. Even to this day, you know, even like three days ago, someone asked me how many I did in the street. <laughs> so it's the power of marketing, right? Yeah. It's one of the great ads of all time. Yeah. It's
2: like fun. it's so it's been so enduring.
0: Yeah. Like I remember You know again The fact that you get asked yesterday How many Wheat bix you do And I made a mental note this morning Which clearly I forgot But I was like I gotta, I gotta ask him How many Wheat bix he's doing It's fantastic well, when, I, when I
1: first ordered A box They said Back then you had to do a fax Had to fax in What your order was And I, I said oh, Could I please get Like three packets of Wheat bix And they're like No you gotta order in bulk oh. So I ordered a pallet Oh wow <laughs> So like everyone loved me, I was just like mates. Oh, I just dishing out left, Slinging right, weakness. So you, you, you had like come back, kind to the back of my car, pop oh, the boot, just yeah, have some
2: boxes some- <laughs> of week pieces. But everything
1: on the everything on the menu was was available. But that, that's that's the thing. I you know I've always loved marketing. I've always loved advertising and and um, looking at different things. And that's probably why we go back to this. It's it's something that you have to believe in. You got to love the product. Mm. And I, I love the sales about it. You know, I, I love the challenge. So to me, and working in menswear from the age of 17 mm. taught me that. So You sell suits, did you? Still do. Do you really? Yeah, I'm actually, my next meeting is with a gentleman, Noble. It's with a gentleman, Richard Bowman. They used to own Barclays menswear. That gave me my first job when I was 17. Really? So I'm still with him today. Wow. Because I always believe if someone gives you a chance and opportunity in life, you stay with them. Hell yeah, that's Yeah, cool. so I'm seeing him next. There you How go. How ironic. There you go. Slinging It's a full circle, I used isn't to it? Sell,
2: I used to sell suits of David Jones, mate, Is so we've got, that in, we've got that in common. You'd be, about a, you'd be
1: about a 104, probably regular fitting, yep. outside leg about 107, 108 centimetres. <laughs> there you go. For, you You were about a... You might have been a 40, 41 neck, but you could you could fit in about a forty neck, I reckon. Yeah,
0: you could squeeze into one. Yeah, yeah, it's about a forty neck. I'd yeah, neck. 40, forty. I'd love to get fitted neck. by Binger in a nice fresh suit. I'll
1: see you out. Oh, there you go, mates. Right, Rates easy. Yeah. What about so his
3: what neck? Do? What yeah, about his what neck? Forty <laughs> two and a half. Oh,
0: okay. okay. that's nice. Go. I think I'm. Last time I got measured, it might have been slightly thicker, but I can't mm. remember. That's all right. Um, mate, again, I know you because you got to go. That's uh, no, fine.
1: No issue. Uh.
0: Fox cricket have got their sort of season launch this Friday, yep. December one. Where's that taking place? Parramatta?
1: It is. Yep. And we've got a lovely lunch on afterwards. Look, working and having the opportunity firstly to work at Fox is incredible. Yeah. Because and I wouldn't say this to Patrick Delaney, you'll probably watch this, but huh. getting paid to do something that you love and to be with your your old teammates and talk about the game that we all love is just it's a joke. Mm. It's so good. Yeah and it's that environment where you can you actually can speak and and speak your mind, and actually say what is really going on. Mm. When you're contracted to cricket Australia, you know, I can press play and have a thousand standard function answers. Yep. You know, we've lost the game, you get up on the stage and they ask you or, you know, uh, Fox or Channel 9 back then will ask you about thoughts on the game. And what I wanted to say was, well, we lost the game, but actually that call for the umpire cost us. You know? We yes. we we know it wasn't out. He gave it out. It cost us a match. I know he's human, but that happens. Yeah. If I said that, I'm gone. I missed Mate. two or three games. Whereas now we can say that's a it's a shocking call for the umpire. Mm. Yes, he's still doing or she's doing or he's doing her job, his job, mm. whatever it may be. But you can call it out. Yeah. It, it's the it's that the pub test. And the freedom to actually speak honestly. To express in the yourself. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's how, you know, we're actually getting paid to express our views. And obviously there's, you know, you swim between the flags, but mm. you can, you got a lot more rain as to what you can say. Whereas I think back when you're playing, you're almost a robot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, hard. You can that's, why, that's
2: why podcasts like this are great. You exactly can, right. And I think when we've sat down with ex-players before, I think that sometimes they realize, oh, this is like a completely different format, and maybe I can be not as honest as you can be if you're retired, but as opposed to those press conferences where it's just like media trained one answers, yeah. very predictable. You know, you also
0: know that everyone in the room, essentially from the media side of things, is trying to get you to say something. Like the the yeah, whole everyone's after a headline, right? Yes. So they're wanting to try and position a question to give themselves the best opportunity for you to like not necessarily fuck up, but like to say something see, that they're going to be able you to say. You could spend. ask me
1: a question now that could be a, even the one with the captaincy, right, the tight-ass captaincy. I, I could answer it in 10 different ways and not give you an answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's experience. But when you're young and you're green, and I remember when I was 12th man against Pakistan, they asked me, the journalist said, what's your what's your aim? And I said, oh, I, I want to see blood in the wicket. <laughs> so Steve, Steve Wall came up to me, and goes, "Mate, that's what we want to see, but uh, maybe don't say publicly." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you, you know, you live and you learn, right? Yeah. 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 So then it was more like good t- answer. Though. It they kind of would have been like
2: fucking out, oh. yeah. And yeah. you want
1: to see blood in the wicket, but then when I saw it, it, was like, I don't want to see blood in the wicket. No, I don't actually. <laughs> <have> a <laughs> really bit of a weak stomach, this. you know. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to yeah. see him get going back to not getting hurt, not but. wanting to hurt someone.
0: But yeah, I guess you're young and you just it's that bravado as yeah. well, and like so. Obviously, you know, the you must be pumped for the summer then generally, right? So, like, yeah. I, what has been great to see with Fox Cricket as well is, like, obviously growing up it was all – it was Wide World of Sports, it was Channel 9, it was all yep. that stuff. And then when that changes, you never really know what to expect because they were such a lionised, mm. like, commentary team. Yep. It's just actually been great how well Fox Cricket have taken the baton and just, like, run with it, improved on it and – I guess, really, like, made it a thing of, like, it's like modernised. Mm. I imagine that's quite a, a cool experience to get to be in as, as much as it is also just fun.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, a, you know, a great way that you've articulated that because, you know, we're not trying to be the next Channel 9 because we also pay tribute to what none have done. Mm. Mm. You know, Channel 9 was when we, you know, we actually grew up and when that, that theme song would come on. It's summer. It is summer, and you. I can still smell the grass and smell the bloody zinc, yes. you know, and, and that's, that song, that uh, theme song comes on before, that jingle comes on before Channel 9 starts the cricket, and you're well, welcome, you know, you got Tony Gregg and Bill yeah. Laurie and Richie Beno, I was so fortunate to work with these guys, you know, in the commentary box, I was worked with 9... You know, stuff I'll treasure forever because mm. that was up there with even playing cricket for your country, you know, because it's the commentary team. Yeah. Mm. So we've taken what they've done and you've got Steve Crawley, who I think's done an incredible job at Fox, former head of sport at Nine and taken over and started his own brand but also paid tribute not to sort of say, well, bugger Nine. Yeah. Because it, it's a different, you know, it's you're free to wear and obviously with what we're doing now with Fox and KO – but we've got an amazing team paying tribute to what's happened, but we're now creating our own little niche. Yeah. And the style in which we deliver our product is mates that are calling the game, as it should be called, mm-hmm. that should be enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Because cricket is a long game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. So you got to pay tribute also to test cricket because it's not all bravado and about being heaps of energy like you'd commentate in T20 you got to call the game as it is in Test cricket. Yeah. And I still think back to Richie Benno. He's saying, let it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like sometimes he would say more. for like a whole over almost, you know? I'll tell you a quick story. I'm on air. It was myself, Ian Healy. I was working for Channel 9 and the great Richie Benno. It was towards, towards the end um, of his commentary stint. And we have a half an hour slot. So Heels is lead And we're doing colour So seats two and three And Heels is here on my left And Richie's on my right And I'm, I'm looking Heels is talking And Heels is a terrific guy He was the only guy That helped me in the commentary box Give me some advice Is that right? Really? Yeah So Heels is talking I'm talking We're trying to get Richie And he's like <laughs> <laughs> He's just there waiting <laughs> And I'm Thinking, okay, because I'm still new at this yeah. commentary stuff, and I'm looking at Richie, and he's not saying boo; he's just looking straight ahead. And we get to 29 and a half minutes; hasn't said one word. <laughs> and Brad Mcnamara is producing. And then I hear, "Ah, oh, change of commentary, uh, change of commentators. We've got um, Mark Nicholas, um, Bill, Bill Laurie, and Tony Gregg." And he takes his earpiece out. He goes to the back of the commentary box. Has not said one word <laughs> in half an hour. <laughs> anyway, so we get back in and it's – look up on the on the roster. Healy, Lee, Benno. Same again. And Richie's there again. He's just like looking out. And uh, I'm thinking, he hasn't said a word again.
0: What is he doing?
1: And they were hearing my my ear from – Buzzard behind me, go fuck. Richie's on a pair. Someone asked me a question. <laughs> <laughs> he said something at the end, and it was just like what he said. I can't remember what it, what it was, but it was absolutely spot on. And even though it took an hour <laughs> to say that one sentence, it was it was worth the wait. Yeah, Richie's on a and pair. And then he and then he, <laughs> he Rich on a pair. Asked him a question, right? <laughs> and uh, he put his took his, his in-ear out, took out his plug and he walked to the back and I just thought that's why it was the king. Mm. But, yeah, to, to work with those legends, it was... The, look, I've done stuff in my life where I still pinch myself. Like, how did I achieve that? How did I get that opportunity? And, honestly, it's only my life's only started. Like, this is stage yeah. two. That's mm. why I'm so excited. Stage one was the acting cricket part. Stage two now with... Fox and with Sydney Beer and with different opportunities from a commercial point of view it's Mm. it's fun it's exciting because 47 is not old it's just it's not old at all it's old for a cricketer but it's not old in terms of creating new opportunities Mm. so I'm mate I'm so excited about the future and Family's always first. Three beautiful kids, lovely wife, and um, mate, I'm in a pretty good spot.
0: Now, we have been doing a bit of work with Maccas over the summer. I don't know how much we can and can't reveal, but Maccas Classics <laughs> has been on the agenda, and we were just interested to hear from you. You've played a lot of test matches. You've played a lot of successful teams. What's, your, what's like the catch, you reckon, that you've, you've been there to witness, your, Mac, your Maccas
1: Classics? Look, I've been fortunate to see so many Maccas Classics over the years. I would have to say Glenn McGrath's catch Adelaide Oval against the Poms two thousand and two was the best because he should not have caught that. He had no (laughs) right. He had a fluke, (laughs) mate. He had no right to catch that. Yeah, it was insane, wasn't it? Like you could literally throw a ball to Glenn and he would drop it. Now (laughs) (laughs) you could give him a cricket bat and he'll miss every single ball when he bats. But you put him in the field, he'll take like. Absolute classics. Scream, like that
0: was. Screamers.
1: Or he would bat left handed in the nets with no pads on with a stump, left handed, and not miss a ball. Are you serious? And a Steve Wall once about. said, mate, you are a genuine left hander. <laughs> and then Mark, Mark Wall said, why don't you go out and bat left handed with a stump? <laughs> he goes. He goes, mate. You can't do any worse. You're averaging two in yeah. Test cricket. You <laughs> nick one through, slips you double your w average. <laughs> <laughs> mate, he, he, he hits it with a stump, left-handed, Isn't and then that he, funny. he goes out, and misses the ball with you know with a, a, full-blown, a, a bat. full-blown bat. That catch was, but absurd. that catch was amazing.
0: But, but because like, he, like you'd be shocked if the best fielders in the team made yeah. that catch.
2: What's well, the diving forward? Diving forward is
1: like is a wig out as a human. You like, and you guys is- have done it and done it very very well. I might add it's tough because catching is not about getting your hand around the ball that's that's the end result what you're trying to achieve it's firstly the awareness of where the ball is then trying to work out the mathematical equation of the reverse parabola of the ball falling mm. of how many how much yardage you have to make trigonometry complex and trigonometry yeah, exactly. Like the Pythagoras theorem, Pull right? That. That's right. Yeah. 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 Pythagoras the Pythagoras ring is the Don't we sound ear, intelligent? To- <laughs> um, but then diving at that... It's it's all about timing. You dive at that right time. Yeah. So to take a catch, and it's the best feeling in the world that when you nail a catch mm. that you're not meant to get to. Now, look, he was out of position. It should have been a simple catch. <laughs> but he threw some mayo on it for us. Big time. Well, mate, thank Start you very much you. for coming on. Thank you for letting us try the beer. No, I'll leave him for... Next time. Yes,
0: appreciate that. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see you around for the summer, I'm sure. We'll bump well into you at some point. Good on you, mate. Love the podcast. Thanks for having me much. on. Cheers. Thank you, mate. Legend.
3: Could you two just not talk anymore? Confidence starts with loving who you are.